When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everything's firing in all cylinders. Mm. The script is quick and smart and it believes in its audience. Everyone's acting is out of control good. Mm-hmm. And mm. the director is killing it. I mean mm. the the, oh, the fake out, the fake out is amazing. Mm. The down the barrel shots, the establishing shots, the the Buffalo Bills perspectives, uh, the reflection, all of it mm. is just, and the pacing of the film, you are, you're just, you're just going the whole way through. It's flawless. It's, it's flawless. It's one of the truly, really probably like a top 10 film for me. Hello, film fans. Welcome to Flix Watcher. In our studio today, we have Frank. Hello. Andrew. Yo, yo, yo. And as always, Kobe. Hi. And we are reviewing The Silence of the Lambs. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today, we have Frank and Andrew. If you would like to say hello and tell the listeners who you are and what you do, please. Hello, I'm Frank. Um, I am mostly a mental health nurse, but I'm also on the internet uh, giving my opinions on a variety of things, but a lot to do with uh, transgender rights and things like that. So, yeah, that's what I do. I play a lot of D and D as well, Dungeons and Dragons. For those that don't know, we've been watching. We've, been, we've seen Stranger Things. We now know. If you didn't oh, that's know, true, actually, if you didn't yeah. know before, we now know what Dungeons and Dragons. It's yeah. popularized yeah, it. That's true. It's all over the internet now. Yeah, my name's Andrew. Um, I'm. You know what? I'm a dungeon master. <laughs> oh god, that's what I'm here to represent. You're here to one up. That's right. Yeah, I tell you what's happening. <laughs> Nope. Should be my tagline. So I've never played D and D. Oh, so I'm not. I'm not going to start because I, I literally have no time. But because it looks like one of those things you get involved into it. Yeah. Deeply. Yeah. Um, but as I a dungeon maps, master, you, you don't actually play the game, do you? You kind of you just kind of guiding people. You play, through you're it. playing your own game by yourself. <laughs> that sounds like a very like big euphemism. Well, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a game called uh, How Far Can I Push My Loved Ones Before They break and I'm alone. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it happens at all is how, no, absolutely not. So I spend, I I think, so I have both been the dungeon master and been a player and I much prefer being a player of the game because you push the dungeon master to see what you could do. Uh, And I argue the toss constantly with Andrew, um, every which way really about how to for for me to get the best result for yeah. me and my my team, because you you declare, do you just say 
Yeah, I'm going to be the dungeon master. Or is there any qualifications you need to actually? No, no, no. Will, will in Stranger Things tends to take the role. Free of- time, um, and uh, you, you've just too many. You've read too many fantasy books right. mm. or watched too many trash fantasy books. <laughs> I it definitely, I have to say, like it, it helps a lot that Andrew is a historian because. Right it means that there's a lot of ability to kind of make stuff up and things like that. So I think that that helps a great deal. Um, you need to know the rules, but at the same time, if you're too, if you stick to the rules too much, it gets very boring very quickly. But you know, you should, we could do a one-off or a one-shot as it's yeah. called. And you could you just can play one game. Yeah. You can just play one game. You don't have to get into it. You don't even have to, you don't have to fight things if you don't want. We can play. I got all kinds of I, different games. You got to go fight shit. All right. yeah. You've got to fight shit, yeah. haven't you? No, if I mean, if you have a Sunday afternoon free, we will have you as a guest in our in, in our world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, we will have you in a come over. I've be got a guest Lego our sets that we use as set yeah. pieces. Right. And Andrew's got so much Lego. You figs to yep. represent your character. All right. Yeah. But let's go on to the film we're here to talk yeah. about today. Silence of the Lambs. Mm. This is your choice, Frank. It is my choice, Can yes. Can you tell us um, why you chose it and give us a synopsis in a minute or less? So I chose it because not only is Science of the Lambs one of my favourite films, but I am a massive fan of the world of Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter, mm. everything to do with it, the books, and above and beyond that, um, like anything to do with like psychopathy and like that as, sort as of a mental theme. health nurse. Yeah, I know it's funny, isn't it? But the thing is, I was thinking about this on the way here. All the presentations are completely wild. Like they're nothing like reality. You know, like. It, yeah, it's it. There's no there's no connection with the reality of like mental health care. Right. Um. So I was thinking on the way here, does that? But it's yeah, it's all complete fantasy. So, and it is, isn't it? It's fiction. So that's the reason because I just I love the character of Hannibal. I think he's fantastic. Mm. Um. Yeah. So brief synopsis. So in the film, it starts with a new, well, almost qualified FBI recruit, Clarice, um, played by the wonderful Jodie Foster. Um, and she would like to go into the behavioural sciences. And as a student, she is asked to go and interview the very famous uh, mass murderer, serial killer, cannibal, Hannibal Lecter. And she does this. And um, basically, she does it on the auspices of research. But it turns out that they would like him to help them catch another mass murderer who's still on the loose called Buffalo Bill. And basically, what ensues is a chase for, for Buffalo Bill. And we... I guess, I mean, we'll get into the conversation about what this film is really about, but that's briefly sure. kind of what happens. And eventually they catch him. Well, get to Helen in a second, but is this the most horrific use of the term phrase quid pro quo? As we've in the no, past. have you seen the impeachment proceedings? Politics, boom! Out! Helen, sorry, I like the way I teed you up there and you took it. Boom. What are your thoughts on Silence of Lambs, Helen? So I watched this not so long ago because um, I realised it was on Netflix Mm. and I hadn't seen it in a while. And I was like, why have I not watched this in a while? Because it's it's a masterpiece. I think this is, it's such a brilliant film. Mm. Um, There's just so many things about it that are so great. And one of the things that I really like about it is it's just held test of time so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So this is 1991-ish, yeah. I remember coming out. Yeah, I was born. Yeah. yeah. It was a good year. <laughs> Very good year. Um, vintage. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Jodie Foster is just so good in this. Mm. Oh, I mean, they're both. I mean, we just sat there absolutely wrapped. They're so just good. Yeah. a delight. It's so good. So 
Jodie Foster and uh, Hopkins are so good together that when you're describing the plot of the film, you barely got to the plot of the film, which yeah. is about Buffalo Bill. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing is she's hunting yeah. Buffalo Bill. But this, I mean, like, tet -tet -tet. means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Tet -tet -tet is great. Yeah. Is so compelling. Yeah. Beyond. Uh, it's, it's amongst the best. Mm dialogues like it goes up there like with with like the greeks and like shakespeare as just like this back and forth yeah is and so brilliant this is why when you ask for a synopsis because we talked about this beforehand um and it seems on the surface that this is about catching the killer buffalo bill but i was saying and this is this is coming from my background of kind of knowing the character of hannibal from the books and from other th things that have been done is what is actually from my perspective happening and what it's really about is buffalo bill is simply a plot device for hannibal to show how brilliant he is mm. like everything is about him and i think that's so brilliantly woven into this and hopkins just does such a brilliant brilliant job of it um, that when you ask for a synopsis, I, you know, I almost want to say it's about a new FBI recruit getting to know Hannibal Lecter because that's what it's about. Yeah. The way it portrays violence is just in a completely different way to what other films do. Um, like when they're sort of um, looking at the decomposed bodies and they've got like the nose stuff on, it's, it's very kind of matter of fact and it's not like giving like a sexy sheen on it, which yeah. a lot of films do to that. And um yeah, it's got so many great lines in it and weird lines, and it's it's really disturbing and really dark. There's not many there's not many outright scenes of pure violence in it, but the ones that are there are like haunting. Yeah, they're chilling. They're and, chilling. And the one where it's hitting hitting the guy with the nightstick, you don't even see the strikes. Right. No. But that the, the way it's shot is like. Well, you see. It's Face, yeah, you see his you? face and you see the blood splatter, but you see the calmness in his face. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, that's and that's what's chilling about it. That's what's chilling, it. yeah. Because yeah. you've seen, you, there's many other films where you see the, the nightstick or the hammer or whatever being hit in someone's face, and that's always like, okay, well, that's happening. Yeah. yeah. That, so, like, you know, when that happens where, like, you know, the the machete goes through the head or the hammer collapses the skull mm. a bit, you go, oh, Jesus, uh, mm. like, and then you're done. Mm. But uh, that scene, oh, it lingers. It <laughs> yeah. lingers. And what's so crazy is, like, Anthony Hopkins does not strike an imposing form. No. There's nothing about Hannibal Lecter that if you see him, you're like, that guy's going to mess me up. You know, if you were like walking down the street, he's like, that's an old man. But that's so true to form with the character, oh, which is so brilliant yeah. about it is he's... He's terrifying. He's, he's, he's chilling. You know, he's absolutely chilling. Um, and I just, I just think, yeah, Anthony Hopkins being that unimposing form but it's the eyes and you were talking about all the concentration yeah mm. there was a th i noticed this time why i think i've noticed it before does he, but does he blink in this no it's mm -hmm. a thing that he he made it so that he rarely blinks apparently it's based on a friend of his um who he knew who basically just rarely ever blinked right yeah. everyone was terrified of him <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's amazing yeah, i would be terrified of that person too there's a there's a thing that happens in this movie throughout um where we the camera takes on the perspective of Clarice mm -hmm. multiple times. And it's very interesting that whenever that happens, the male actors are looking straight down the barrel of the camera. Right. Almost every time. Uh, and if they're not, that's on purpose. 
it's like Chilton isn't looking down the barrel of the camera because he's sexualizing Clarice. That's how you know her boss actually doesn't want to sleep with her because he is looking straight down the barrel of the camera. Hannibal's looking straight down the barrel of the camera unless he's kind of doing, you know, like, so it's like this, this crazy, like, whenever it gets in her perspective, you really get into you. You you have to be the detective. Like mm. you, the whole time you're mm. like. You I, need to be the thought, I didn't notice that, but I hadn't actually mm. thought of that as as the thing. Yeah, mm. that is that is super cool. Um, I the only thing I have against this film, not against this film, is she's a trainee FBI agent, but mm. yet she's sent off to do all these things by herself. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'm just, that's the only thing that's kind of pulled me back out. But sometimes when I like she's only, going into the garage. Yeah, that's the only thing. The FBI were a bit like. There's no way we'd let like this recruit go off on their own. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. And they were like, no, this is for the plot. This is for the, the, the drama. Yeah. So yeah. They, they let it slide. Yeah. yeah. I, I also feel like it's a bit of her. She's, she's doing it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I get, the bit with the garage is she's not been, she's not been given the okay to do that. Yeah. She, they don't really know that she's there. Right. She's just gone and done it because Hannibal's only told her about that. Yeah. So she's gone a bit rogue there. But yeah, I mean, like that's, I mean, in the same way as, you know, a lot of this is, I mean, God, like, Going, Dr. Chilton, like, yeah. no, that's not that's not what the the head of a mental health hospital is like. Maybe in the eighties, but I don't think so. <laughs> you know, maybe in the eighteen eighties. I don't know about that. By the yeah, I mean, like, nineteen eighties, we would figure, we we didn't have these like manipulative torture monsters. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah, it's very it's very very dated. Yeah. It's very dated. You know, like that mask. I mean, yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> so when was it set? So you've read if you read the books, you read this book, have you? Yeah, yeah. So when was it? When was it actually well, sex? So it, it's not. Um... It's um. It's when behavioral sciences is becoming a thing, which I think is in the eighties. Like it's the boom of that sort of thing. Because before that, everyone thought it was a bit farcical, right? Really, well, psychology within like policing mm-hmm. is, as far as I'm aware, relatively new. Yes, yeah, in know? the past. 30, 40 years. Yeah, yeah. And have you seen Mindhunter? I have. I love yeah. it. Anything like that, I absolutely adore. So that's yeah. when, obviously, that's when this kind of comes to fruition. And yeah. I love how they explain it as like, um, how they live alone because X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, that actually does make sense. That's yeah. a good That's a good derivation from from that. So Buffer Bill uh, doesn't live in a flat complex because he's spending time, with, you know, his, his victims screaming and stuff like that. So yeah. he needs to be away from everyone yeah. else and live alone or, right. or yeah. with someone who's like properly into what he's doing. Yeah. So that's, it's like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the thing about the, so it, I mean, it's so like profiling is so, so complicated because mm. then if you think about, um, because it, it really depends on the type of kind of, serial killer because if you take say like Fred and Rose West yeah. they lived in a complex and yeah. they had f- flat like they had people there um, and so I think also it's kind of dependent on so Buffalo Bill as the character is is kind of a loner so it depends on whether you're, 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 you're talking about your kind of narcissistic manipulative lawbreaker mm-hmm. or your loner kind of lawbreaker but I mean what I love about Hannibal is like he's wildly intelligent you know like and and that i think if you read about um real life kind of serial killers who are now incarcerated it's rare that you know you hear people say they're wildly intelligent because he's supposed to be like a mastermind and he's almost impossible to catch in the books and things like that and i think you know i i suppose i like it because it does push the boundaries of what is possible otherwise i think it would be a bit um 
a bit too, probably a bit too close to home if it was really really realistic you know um and so I think there's a little bit of that in there about like how people really profile but I also think there's a lot a lot like the FBI say there's a lot of um what's it called poetic license do you think it was a bit having seen the stuff modern stuff like Manhunter and dare I say X-Files and stuff like that is it a bit ex- expository sometimes um Clarice is speaking to her his superior and she's like well, it's white guy because they're only, you know, serial killers tend to hunt within their race or something like that. Do you think things like that were a bit like, okay, we know this now? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like that one's that one's thrown around a lot. And, yeah. you know, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're like just little like little lines, I think, you know, that they that they put in there. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, I mean, we had a big discussion about the dialogue, didn't we? And how much people would actually be paying attention to the dialogue because I feel like this film rests a lot on its dialogue. Like it's got quite complex dialogue. Um, and I think that's really important to it. But you were saying kind of the visual aspect of it. It's a complicated thing because the the script is, is humming along really well in this film. It's a great script. But we also have such striking visuals throughout it's muted but like you, everything there is, yeah is set in place the moth it? you know like when they unveil mm-hmm. the head of the moth and you're like oh my like that's an image that sticks out at you everything hannibal does mm-hmm. resonates buffalo bill resonates visually you know mm. um even just jodie foster like even the way like the haircut they gave her and the makeup they give her mm. just like frame like it, it, it it's muted yeah but it, it it's it still burns into your memory. There's some mm. shots in this which I really loved with Jodie Foster in what is a heavily male-dominated mm. arena. I, was th- I thought at one point, let's see how many women there are in this in this arena. And there's one point where she goes into the lift and she's shorter than everyone oh, by like tiny. a, like she's a, a, tiny, like a tiny foot woman. and a half. I mean, it's got to be part of the casting is that she yeah. is a tiny, tiny person. Yeah. 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 Um, but, and, you know, that was done really well in the movie. Like, I feel like if the movie were made today... We would have a scene where, like, someone would, like, push her in the mud and be like, women can't be FBI agents. And then she'd come up. But here, I lo- what I love about this is, like, it's not laid on with a trowel, mm-hmm. you know, as my dad would say. Um, <laughs> and it's it's very much like she just it's, – it's not questioned. She just is a female FBI agent. And then there's, there's that one scene where they're with the local police force um, and uh, her superior – uses her being a woman as like a technique to do something. And later on in the car, they're, they're talking about it. Mm. And it's literally just, it's this very like just back and forth. It's really simple. There's no like big thing about it. She just says like, it's not appropriate. And he goes, yeah, you're right. You know? And I love that Mm. because it's not overcomplicating it. It's just a woman saying her opinion and a man going, yeah, you're right. Whereas now, it beca- I, I feel like films nowadays are like, they have to make it some big thing. And I don't think that's quite as helpful, really. And there's also that scene where she kicked out like 20 law, uh, law enforcement officers yeah. in that room. Right. Yeah. And they all just going, yeah, let's get out of here. You've got no- they're, they're a little yeah. grumbly about it, but yeah. yeah, they just do it. Yeah. There, there's no, it was so, I don't know. Like, like, I think, yeah, it communicates a better yeah. message. It's like, mm. we're all- we're all waiting for the day where the female-led superhero movie isn't the story. Yeah. 
Like Captain yeah. Marvel comes out and you're just like, it's another Marvel movie yeah. instead of, well, it's the first female led yeah. Marvel. You know, you just like. It feels like the difference between saying someone is a lady doctor and saying they're a doctor yeah. and yeah. finding out they happen to be a woman. You know, like. Yeah, it's like, whereas, how is that part of the story that you're trying to tell me? Yeah, and, and Clarice is just an FBI agent who happens to be a woman. Yeah. And there, it's a tiny bit in there. But what I like about that is I think that the police officers would have grumbled if a male student right, yeah. had told them to get out of the room, right. you know? Yeah, probably not grumbled quite as much, but still. Maybe, but it, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough of a grumble. She didn't have to be. I think that's what I like is she didn't have to be anything more than who she is. She didn't have yeah. to be like superwoman, which I think is what we expect women to be in the workplace yeah. to get any kind of ground. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably why this character is so influential. Because you know, you mentioned the X Files. Dana Scully is just Clarice Darling. Yeah, that's it. And, but made a doctor. Instead of a student FBI, I mean, the logistics of that don't make much sense. As as a graduate doctor in the states, come FBI, is she just is she just, what? When does she graduate university? When does she? Uh, I mean, we don't. No, I mean, because she, she's already twenty four ish in in next. <laughs> no, she's got to be in her late twenties. Oh, I don't know. Gillian Anderson was about twenty four, but I I think it's a little bit ambiguous about how old Scully is. Yeah, I think. Mulder and Scully are supposed to be... A bit older than that. Yeah, late 20s. Because, you know, you you also wouldn't be special agent Fox Mulder in charge of his own, you know... 25. Yeah. And I think... I think think Mulder's older, but I think Scully was, like, pitched as, like, the young whippersnapper who can... Well, it's still Fox. ...can do all the cutting up of the bodies, but she always, like, also was a special agent and... She got to med school, she'd done all that, but then she was also in the FBI, which is... Well, in order to get in the FBI, you do have to go to university. Yeah. But med school's a long Yeah, yeah, no, med school's a long I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> everyone was starts in their early 20s getting into the FBI anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's, maybe she's a genius, too. I don't know. She's really smart. She could have... Duke Hauser. Skipped a few grades along the way. Truth. She was specially picked to um, debunk his theories. Because she's super... We're talking about the X-Files, <laughs> which you have never seen. Oh, you should definitely watch that. X-Files is good. That's good. Yeah. So oh, I think I definitely like X-Files, it. X-Files, Mindhunter... I, I do love this, uh, and to some extent, Manhunt, the Unabomber kind of thing. Yeah, I do, seen that. I do enjoy that kind of uh, aspect of televisual feastery that we're having. Yeah, I mean, I am a, I'm an absolute true crime, untrue crime junkie. Like, I absolutely, I will listen to anything and everything. It's really, it's really just like my uh, guilty pleasure is I'll just listen, like even the trashiest. Like, I'll I've just, just... I've just consumed uh, a Jeffrey Epstein one. That I've found finished it, morning. mate. Like, where... Like, there's, there was two of them. That I just found, uh, which one? Because I've probably listened to both. The Mysterious it's, Jeffrey Epstein. So, yep. Yeah. What's the other one? Um, it was the one by Adam McKay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that the... I mean, we've all seen this, what, loads of times, a few times. I think this is maybe only two or three okay. times for me. So I remember watching this for the first time and there's a thing that we now kind of take for granted with the kind of the 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 f- f- fake reveal, the fake house bus thing. Mm. And when I watched it for the first time, so the, the oh, Hannibal's yeah. escape and the 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 bluff of the the FBI yeah. thing, I remember thinking that, watching that and going, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, this is yeah. like you watching it for the first time. You you are like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get in. Yeah. They're gonna, and yeah. you're like, uh oh, oh shit, she's on her own. Yeah. yeah, and then when you realize what's happened in the ambulance, and you're like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. because we've seen it before. It's 
you know, we kind of know it's coming. But watching it for the first time, like, I had no idea. Yeah. There's something, something electric it about it, isn't so it? so clever. Yeah, it is. It's yes. so clever. I mean, and that's, so for me, that is the brilliance of John Harris, who wrote the books. Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris. John Harris? Who's that? Um, Thomas Harris. Like, um, he, yeah, just, just that is just brilliant like the way Hannibal escapes mm. you know like it's just it's insane it's genius oh my god the, the body genius. on top the, oh yeah, the first time you watch it when, and yeah. like there's the body on the elevator and you're oh, just like you're like oh I don't mm, you're like oh no there's something feels wrong and you're like what is what's happening yeah and then it just uh Oh my god! Well, when he when he comes up from the ambulance and pulls the, the yeah. skin off yeah. his face, I was, that's I think I just sat straight up from wherever I was and like, holy thank yeah yeah yeah. And then that is absolutely brilliant. For when I watched it, then at the end, you're like, but Han- Hannibal's still out there. Mm-hmm. He's just like on holiday. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, that's what move See, that, that for me is the best sequel. bit. I'm like, yeah, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> like, I absolutely love that. Like, that's what, I'm sad that it ends because I want to see what's gonna happen to Chilton. I'm like, yeah, get him. It, you know, it makes me want because like, it's it's a sequel setup, which is fine because he hadn't written Hannibal yet, but it was already it's already the second book because mm. you've got Red Dragon. And then Silence mm. of Lambs, and mm. then Hannibal's a few years later after mm. the film comes out. I assume, I don't know the exact timeline, but I know that's the order of the books. Anyway, uh, I f- I feel like part of the motivation for that was in the film. Some producer saw an early cut of this movie and was like, "We've got another Jason slash Freddy Krueger, right?" Mm. And Hannibal, they thought it was that kind of thing today. Yeah. You think? I think if you saw, I think if you were a producer, an executive, not a smart person, an executive, and you saw an early cut of this movie, and it's the the bodies on the, yeah. the table again, get, get and like Hannibal wearing someone's face, and he's locked up in this thing, you'd be like, oh yeah, we got ourselves a horror movie, which is why like it's always held up as the one. Oscar, you know, Wouldn't best picture be. that's a horror movie. but It's not horror to me. No. It's no. not. Um, so, like, there's the horror element, which is Buffalo Bill. Because I, so is, I was he saying, horror, is he the horror for, element for, for you? For me, yeah, because he's gaudy. He's kind of, uh, he's Outrage. kind of, he, yeah, he's, he's bordering on the silly. Yeah. Um, and because the real horror scene is just, just the bit where he's hunting um, Clarice. So that bit for me is, and and the bit where he's he's so silly, he's like a lot mm. of kind of you know eighties horror where it's a I bit guess, yeah, you know you have, the, you have the infrared camera, bit, yeah, which is a bit and it's just like yeah, he, it is. I mean, he's he's the horror aspect for me, like, and then you've got the police procedural bit, which is like the FBI stuff sure. when they're doing like you said with the um on the table on the slab, like doing that bit. But the main bit for me is it's a thriller mm. between Clarice and Hannibal. It's it's just like a. Yeah. That is the main. There's these other bits happening, but that's the main bit of this yeah. film for me. And she doesn't quite, you know, she's not the final girl, which is the critical thing in the in in the classic slasher films. The final girl is the one who's suffered at the hands of the villain throughout and mm. then succeeds. Right. No, she's just a straight up like normal hero. Yeah. Like it's a, so yeah. I just and Hannibal enjoys his time with her. Yeah. Yeah, they. I well, mean, some people they even kind of like. Well, when's the romance, guys? Well, people are shipping them. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> no. No. They, that, that was kind of the thing I think when with Hannibal that some people were kind of expecting some kind of. 
Oh, Hannibal, the next film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so to have the, that, that kind of... See, that always really worries me because people... So this reminds me of... Oh, God, what's it called? It has Darren Chris in it. And loads of people... It was called You, I think. And loads of people watched on it Netflix? on Netflix. Loads of people yes. watched it. And they... It was really worrying, actually. It's really, And this is a thing that genuinely concerns me, uh, is there are a lot of people on the internet saying they wanted to date him. And he is a, like, the character is a bona fide, um, you know, psychopath, sociopath, narcissist, however you want to call it. He's a very, very dangerous person. And I mean, if if you like that kind of thing, you should definitely watch it. It's a stunning piece of, like, television. And actually, I think it's Darren Chris. He actually, like, put out on the internet, he was like, no, like, this character is not to be liked. And that's, that, when I hear things like that, it because I, I definitely have a morbid fascination, but I do think there's something really, really concerning that these characters that are absolutely written to be like morbidly fascinating, but definitely not someone you'd want to spend time with. But people, there are there are a lot of people that want to, and I, it just yeah, I worry because like the they're Watchmen. powerful. I don't know. Or the Watchmen. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's just it's like no. Yeah. No. All those people who think Rorschach or the those comedian people, no. are great. The no. people who think the comedian's great, I'm f- the most worried about. <laughs> yeah. The people who think Rorschach's great, at least I can I'm be worried like, for. Yeah, thank you. Worried for. Worried about, yeah, you're right. Well, and you then the 7th Cavalry people. Yeah, and then the people who think Ozymandias is right are just right. Okay. <laughs> so, let's, before we go into scores, I think we need to spend a bit of time with Buffalo Bill the MacGuffin. I guess. Yeah. Is he the MacGuffin? Because he kind of comes into it halfway through the film. I remember, I think, like the second time I probably watched it, I was like, oh yeah, there's Buffalo Bill in it. So it's, it's such, it's a plot device. Yeah, he's kind of there. um, Because we, when you hear the story about the film or the synopsis, Buffalo Bill's like just a name there, but you don't really even think you're going to meet him. When you meet him, you're like, oh yeah, and if you've seen it before, then you're like, oh yeah, the, the thing in oh, yeah, yeah it rubs the lotion, the lotion in the skin in, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it is like a monster movie in that way like if you watch the original Gojira Godzilla mm-hmm. Godzilla don't show up till like mm. I don't know an hour into that movie at mm. least mm. you know like he he's he, we're talked about the whole time mm. he's destroying these cities he's doing all these horrible mm. things but we're getting the heroes together mm. and the failed mm. scientists and we're talking about how horrible things are and then Godzilla shows mm. up. Sorry to spoil a movie mm. from like 1956, guys. No, no I but, mean, you see like, Jaws. Yeah, you see, Jaws. Mm. You don't see Bruce uh, until like <laughs> way deep yeah. in that movie. But yeah. but his impact is felt. Mm. And that's what Buffalo Bill is. He's yeah. this murder that's happening in the background. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the uh, thinking about, I mean, we thought about this beforehand, but I think Buffalo Bill is the only, for me, the only problematic part of this whole film. For, yeah. I mean, not for the for, for me it's because i watched it and i so one thing i picked up on was that he seems to be potentially playing up perhaps being a little bit um maybe like either having a serious mental health problem mm-hmm. or perhaps you know the way he's playing it is like he's maybe got a learning disability or something right and that for me i was like oh i didn't notice that last time you know he's he's being really yeah, I don't really know. It, it, it feels a bit uncomfortable, right. you know, the way that Buffalo Bill is played um, because he's a parody, you know, because he's, I think, a bit 
played I, I guess it's my perspective like played to be like he puts it puts the lotion on its skin yeah you know like the way that's phrased and everything you know is a bit sort it, of yeah, infantile yeah you know and and i mean I, that and that was a concern for me and then i mean it would probably be remiss of me not to say something about the whole like transsexual theme and things. Now, from my perspective, um, you know, going to pull out the transgender card here is I remember this being one that people hold up as a as a problematic one. And then I watch it back and I there's there's the exchange specifically. And this was important to me between Clarice and um, Hannibal, mm -hmm. where they specifically have this exchange where they say, Hannibal says he's not a true transsexual and Clarice says, uh, you know, transsexuals are, are passive. They're not violent people. Mm. Um, and that for me is really important. Um, and I think that, but then I think Andrew made a very va valid point when we were discussing it, that um, there is that image of Buffalo Bill where he is naked. Mm. Um, that might be what people remember. But for me, I kind of, saw that as they'd they'd laid down beforehand that this is not a transsexual person. So immediate so for me it was, well this is not this a transsexual. Is him almost returning to pantomime villain. Right. This is yeah, exactly. This is silliness. Um mm. and and that for me personally made it not upsetting. The more upsetting thing was I was like, ooh, I feel a bit uncomfortable about potentially the portrayal of Buffalo Bill's supposed to be a portmanteau of a few different well known yeah, serial killers. Ted Gine, Ted Bundy, yeah. Someone called Gary Heinick? Oh, I don't know that one. So I think they they kind of went to town what with bit of it. Ted Bundy was it supposed to be. I think it's the yeah. kind of helping helping you into a into a car, helping getting people <gasps> ah, into okay. a car. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I was uh, thinking like, old chestnut. I was yeah. thinking like I can't Yeah, Gar Garrett. Oh, is it Garrett somebody? Was he the shoe guy? Oh, the guy know. who had like a weird foot fetish? Is that? I don't know. Sorry, I'm just yeah. Um You're thinking about Ed Kemper from Ed Kemper, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about him. I don't know. It's all a mash in my head. Um, right, let's head to the scores. Let's head over to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zotzorstwick. And together we host a show called Song, song by song, song, where we deal with the music of Tom Waits. We've been going since uh, 2015. Every week we talk about a new track. Uh, we've made our way through 15 seasons so far of his music. And now we're going back to the early years. And if you haven't listened to Tom Waits before, it's not the growly stuff. It's not the stuff where he's hitting an automobile with a bone for percussion. It's a nice, easy way into his music. If that sounds like something you would be interested in, you should check out our website, songbysongpodcast.com, or put Song by Song into your podcatcher of choice. So welcome to the Flix Watcher spreadsheet of dreams. <laughs> uh, you, uh, all the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And uh, let's start with you, Frank, please, with your recommendability. Five out of five, hands down. Like, it's just, I think everybody should see this film once. I think it's just brilliant. Yeah. Not children. <laughs> <laughs> this one is rated, what, 16 and up at least. Oh, and this is 18. This is 18, 18 UK. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Do you think it would be rated eighteen now if it was come out right now? I think it should yeah, be because it's God, got the c word so. in it. So does that? I does that think, up it to? A... I think it might do. And that was uh, right at the, the start, the, wasn't the, it? Yeah. The nudity does. Oh yeah, Migs. Oh Sorry? boy. Oh yeah. Yeah, Migs and the and the full frontal nudity. I don't think full frontal makes it eighteen. It but... does if it's female. It does if the person has like traditionally female breasts. I believe so, because we have. 
weird. Oh, well, don't worry. The MPAA, as soon as they see you can Buffalo have full Bill's frontal, bush, they're like, R. Yeah, you can have full frontal penis nudity, but you can't have full frontal... I'm thinking, frontal... What's, what's that Danny Boyle film with, uh, with yeah, the trance? In this country. I don't know oh. about your it's country. It's the opposite in our country. No. Trance. Oh, yeah. Maybe I've got that wrong. No, no, no. As soon as a dick enters the screen in America, they're like, R. R, 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 R. But, if but you've some... got them on the news all but the time. But if some naked ladies, but, um, we might be able to give it away with PG-13, depending on how it's shot. I'm going to just look at the film Trance, because I'm sure that was a 15 and there was... Tramps. Yeah. Trance. It was no. a Danny Tramps. Boyle film I'm with Rosario Dawson. The C word gives it the C I word. mean, I, I, he also is like, I'd fuck me. It is that whole. <laughs> Who does that? Bill, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill gives this an R. Yeah, I mean, Hannibal puts a person's face on his face. Yeah, yeah this but that's, is, this is for adults. Give it an R. Yeah. No, this is for adults only. Yeah. Now, I think there's, if you took there's Buffalo There's no way your country's that much more liberal not, than ours. This is an 18. This is Easily. an adult film. Uh, this is a different film we're looking at. Um, yeah, we'll keep. Yeah. But, um, so, I, I give Andrew, you my Andrew, score. Andrew, uh, I give it a five out of five for shores, for shoresies, because everything is working. Everything's firing in all cylinders. Mm, mm. The script is quick and smart, and it believes in its audience, and it has some solid lines in it. Everyone's acting is out of control. Good. Mm-hmm. And mm. the director is killing it. I mean, mm. the the, the fake out, the fake out is amazing. Mm. The down the barrel shots, the establishing shots, the the Buffalo Bills perspectives, uh, the reflection, all of it mm. is just. And the pacing of the film, you are you're just you're just going the whole way it's through. It's flawless. It's, it's flawless. It's one of the truly. Really, probably like a top ten film for me. Mm. This is a film. Trance is was a fifteen, and this contains full frontal female nudity, and and it's focused on it's a part of the film. Yeah, but it doesn't contain someone wearing <laughs> um, someone else's face. No, no, but yeah. I'm saying this it's, nudity okay, doesn't make it. I know. Uh, I thought, I thought it did. It, yeah. I don't know why. You see, what's happening here is starring James McAvoy. That's what happened. <laughs> and um, that's what? That's why everybody needs to see it. Because it goes down below adult because James McAvoy doesn't actually play with adults. Yowza. James McAvoy. Helen. So just to carry on with what you were saying, Andrew. So this is probably like the only time when people have gone, the Oscars got it right. Yeah. <laughs> so they gave five of those for the acting, the directing, screenplay. Who won acting? So Jodie Foster. Yes. And and both, that's what I was just yeah. checking. So both best yeah, actors. Both the lead as well, even though Anthony Hopkins screen times what? 20 minutes total but, no. like people that? keep saying yeah. that but he's in the film for a long time but his screen his screen time apparently mm. is only like 24 minutes or something yeah. Yeah. oh he's so but every minute yeah. he makes every so minute count that's how much you remember oh he's such a good actor because people do yeah people say that as like I think it was the record point for the shortest screen time for An best Oscar. actor but I think because he is the he is the film he well yeah, he, him, yeah. And, him and Clarice about yeah. him and Jodie Foster no but I mean yeah in terms of like the establishing shots, all that kind of head-to-head yeah. head stuff is like, yeah. fine. I mean, everything else is filler. Yeah. In my, like, you know? <laughs> or killer no filler. So, um, sorry. A five. Five. Um, five yeah. for five Oscars. Yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> this film is not for children, but it's for, it's, yeah, it's such a good film. Mm. I'm going to go for 4.9 here. What? Oh, oh, Lord. Come oh, on. Lord. Because, because there are people. Contrarian. Because you're talking, contrarian. you're talking, like, my, when, my, when I watched this the first time, my mum walked in, so what are you watching? Oh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. I, was, I must have been like 20. I missed, I'd missed the boat when 
well, obviously when I was 11, when it came out, you don't watch it then. Mm. Um, and then I, I think I watched it when Netflix had its original format when uh, DVDs came through the through the Oh post. my God, I learned about this the other day. I had yeah. no idea yeah. they did that. So, Back in the good old days, oh, yeah. Netflix would mail you. But that's not ne- the Netflix film, apparently. Yeah, but it's the same. The Netflix oh. and Love Film were the same thing. Oh. They were just two competing. I had them both at the same time. Yeah, but I didn't know that Netflix, Netflix did this. Uh, yeah. And I think I just went down the list and was like, yeah, it's a film I've not seen, film I've not seen, film I've not seen, just like got them all. Um, so this was like mid, my mid twenties and my mum watching, what are you watching? Oh, Silence of Lambs. That film about cannibalism. Why are you watching this film? It's like, oh, you, so the people who just like hear a storyline, hears yeah. about Hannibal the Cannibal and that film's not for them. But would you try and recommend it to them? Will you oh. try and make them understand why it's so good? I would, I wouldn't even bother. Oh if people got, if people got to think, well, she wouldn't like it. But there'll be, there are a subset of people that's who just like, kind of that's take That's like, like not recommending ice cream yeah. to people. That's madness. That's yeah. That's, no, not, I, that's not the film's fault. Hey, you've got your scores. You've got your fives. Uh, let me you've say got your this, fives. this. This movie used to terrify me in the video store. Really? The death moth because there was so a, there was a cardboard standee. Right. And it was the death moth. And it, I, as a child, I was like, nope, I don't want to look at that. That one and the um, 1980s Kevin Dillon. Blob, standees, both terrified me as a child. One of those <laughs> movies is good, <laughs> um, but but this is. Let's talk about this now. Does, does this film actually terrify you, or are you kind of no. en- enraptured by it? When I'm enraptured by yeah. it. Yeah, I think I, it scared me a bit the first time I watched it. I think that bit with the. Uh, bit at the end where you think that they've got the right house and then they haven't yeah. that bit's a bit yeah. like oh my god and also when um with the the night vision as well because at that point it, it could go any way mm. and you for me anyway i did feel for her and mm. i found that terrifying yeah that thought because her acting in that scene see. her acting in that scene like was brilliant Mm. But then also, I thought it was a bit farcical that he's like kind of touching a hair but not doing anything. He's like, yeah, he's like almost bonzer, and that's where he like could have gets like gets a shot off when he has. But the to me, that that's cast. the horror element of yeah. it because horror films are like that. Yeah, yeah. you know, they're just you got you got to suspend your, also, your disbelief. I'm with Frankie Faison's Barney on yeah. here, friend of the show, Frankie Faison, your buddy, Frankie. Faison. Absolutely, everyone listens to the strip. He, he of, is like the only. <laughs> so he is the like he for me was the only like not ridiculous believable character yeah. like the orderly yeah. the nurse whoever yeah, yeah. he was be that I was like, guy yes yeah. there you go guess that's, who Hannibal's not gonna kill that's Barney. a genuine like mental health nurse in a forensic ward <laughs> exactly how you'd be just be careful yeah. you need to yeah I'm I was here like, if you need me yeah exactly like spot on I was like yeah okay I'll put the chair up for you yeah he's the yeah. believable character you know he's just really to the and he's not he's not like ooh like Dr. Chilton where I'm like you're working the wrong place if that's what you think you know he's just like yeah this is where I work you know and that that was like that is what it's like when you go to like a secure facility. Mm-hmm. It's just, people just work in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was like that's the one like believable character for me. <laughs> a repeat viewing score, Frank. Oh, five, five out of five. How many times I've have you watched, watched this? Oh, I don't even know. Like a lot. Like having this conversation, I want to go and watch it immediately. Like, I love this film. I want to go in. I mean, we haven't even talked about this. Like the TV series Hannibal with Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, you like oh, that? Oh my God, it's so good. If you haven't seen it. it I've I mean, seen the first season, I think. Mads Mikkelsen is the only other person I will accept playing Hannibal. So what about Brian Cox in Manhunter? Good, but not... So it's like, for me, it's like Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen, and then everybody else, like quite a step down. Like Mads Mikkelsen, because he's the pre-incarcerated um, Hannibal. Yeah. I mean, he's... So he's shown, this is oh, where he's shown all his wilds. And his bravado, mm-hmm. his just... 
extreme arrogance and charmingness is perfection for me. Um, like if you haven't seen that, it's just brilliant. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, I. I, I would watch this. I will watch this over and over and over again. You know, like I absolutely will. And I'll also... Hey, see- so what's, what's this weekend? How about uh, Silence of the Lambs again? Yeah, I mean, I would like genuinely, I, I mean, we were talking about, you know, like the whole, if you're flicking, I, if you flick past it, I would, I would be hooked. You know, mm-hmm. I'd just be like, yep, yeah, watching it. Shawshanked. The Shawshanked you. Right. Oh, oh mate, no, yeah. but, but that film makes me feel terrible and sad. Yeah, I caught the Back to the Future effect. Okay. Where if I'm flipping through the channels and Back to the Future is on, I'm going to do one of two things. Put the remote down or grab the DVD of Back to the Future. <laughs> start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Depends on where it is in the film. If it's late enough, you're like, ooh, Back to the... F- mm. yeah, 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 I got two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, but that's this film for me. And, hey, well, Back yeah. to the Future's on Netflix at the moment, so you wouldn't even need to go for your DVD. You just have to just change the setting. You've already watched it. I'm, uh, probably in the last six months, easily. Um, I, I, I'm giving this a five out of five on the rewatchability. I have watched it twice in the last year. Right. Mm. And this day and age, that's a, and that's that's a lot. And that's not just because he lives with me and I've made him do it. Haven't? Yeah, haven't we've no, I've watched it three times in the last year. We watched it together. I watched it just randomly on my own, it's and then amazing. we watched it for this. Nice. And I loved it every time. Helen. I mean, likewise, I've watched this twice. I've watched this off my own accord this year and obviously again now. And I'd probably seen it actually quite a few times because I've seen Hannibal a few times as well. Um, and they would have been... I'm sorry you had to do that. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not my favourite. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I do, I do like... Um, Manhunter and Red Dragon as well just because ooh, I kind ooh. of like I like the character of Will Graham I love the character have you seen the TV series um, no oh my gosh okay. if you like the character of Will Graham so and also read Red Dragon the book because for me the film of Red Dragon was a massive disappointment compared to the book yeah it's not great with Ralph Fiennes yeah it's got Edward Norton in it anyway um, <laughs> uh, five five I think I th- it's so good, and this I, I think I don't know whether it's my memory or just how I watch it. Even when I watched it again this time, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's a lot better then as well." Mm. We forgot about um the flashback to her dad. We had completely yeah. forgotten. Oh, yeah. About yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so dark when she's walking up to the coffin and becomes her dad, and you see her yeah. as, as a kid, and you're like, oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, deep. Yeah. Um, I love the quid pro quo scene when he. It's, he just wants to know more about her. He's not even yeah. fancifully like wanting to be Which like I, freed. He just wants to know more about this character who's been who's kind of charmed him in a way. Yeah. I can see why people read romance into it, but no. no. I, Were you I paying no. attention to I this can't character? at all. Like I cannot at all. Like for me, it is they're playing a game with yeah. each other. Mm. Well, he's they're fascinated. He's playing her. a game with each other. He is utterly it's fascinated. Like a, it's like by a cat her. with a with a red yeah. dot or with yeah. like a with a yeah. with a with a ball just yeah. bat- battering around but also there's respect there for the ball right. that he's battering around yeah if it feels like yeah she's not as equal cuz he's a psychopath you'd never think that no but he's like all right this is a, this this she, one she, this she one knows is, she can get something from him yeah he i felt like he feels and and this is why i i believe i don't think it's explicitly stated but he gives the wrong information for the, the for everyone, yeah. so that Cla- so that Clarice will he's like she's gonna get him. I need to make sure she gets the credit mm. for it. 
and she gets the challenge out of it too. I because th- so if I, she pulls through, then she's everything I thought she was, mm. and now I can now I have someone I can play with for five so ten I, years down the road. Yeah, no, I I think he sees her. It's so I don't think he cares about whether she gets credit or anything like that. I don't think he thinks outside of himself enough, but I think that he is intrigued to see what will happen. I right. think he thinks, oh, she's smart. She could mm. be, most people are very boring to him, especially right. people like Chilton, like, because Chilton's an idiot. He's <laughs> very, very boring to, um, whereas and he delicious. can tell that, exactly, he can tell that Clarice is smart. Yeah. And so he thinks, it's kind of, yeah, he's playing a game. You know, he's a puppet master. The clues that he gives are not easy clues. No, and it's fun for yeah, him. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, I gave you that bone. Can you pick this one up? Yeah. Exactly. All yes. the way from West Virginia <laughs> with your cheap shoes and your good bag. Oh, I love <laughs> it. Oh, see, I really uh, want to go and watch it again. <laughs> so I've only seen it twice um, and I will see it again. Um, not sure how often, but I can't compare. I, I thought Man Manhunter was laughable. I just did not like Brian Cox at all. In But Matt Mickelson, I think, is a worthy. Oh, uh, so good. He's worthy. But I've only seen like the first season, so I need to mm. crack on with the rest of them. But I did find him a bit hard going because it's just like it's relentless um, his narcissism and he's not he's not someone you like in in the TV show I don't think I mean Whereas, I mean he shouldn't be <laughs> but here you kind of you like you like the banter you like I want to be friends with him no you don't he'll eat you <laughs> no I don't but again I want to be depends like how Barney. smart you are I want to really be like Barney I want are. Hannibal to be like all right that one's fine see to be honest. Unless the thing is, you, I mean, with Hannibal, Hannibal, with Hannibal, in a weird way, it's going to sound weird, but you want him to eat you. You don't want him to think you're interesting because he will just destroy your life. Well, he doesn't think he's because he that's what he does to Will Graham. Again, what I'm saying is, in this facility, Chilton is the devil, like trying to torture him, and he eats that guy. But oh, 100%. Barney, like, he thanks him at one point in time for yeah. something. Yeah. He's like, you were. He's not interesting. But he's like, you were... You were doing your job, mate. Doing your job. I respect you. You made my life slightly less more difficult, given the circumstances. Yeah. I won't deal with you in the future. It would only be if Barney got in his way. Like, if Barney tried to right. stop him from leaving. And Barney's not going to do that because he's smarter than that. Yeah, Barney's just like... Oh, yeah. He's got to juke the stats and all these... Hannibal's yeah. like, I'm in prison. Okay, I got caught. That's fine. My, yeah. Poor yeah. wee me. I'm yeah. not going to... Because he, he seems... He picks his... He picks his targets, doesn't he? The thing about it as well is he's extremely patient. Yeah. Like, extremely patient. Like, you know, like, how long has he been waiting for someone to leave a pen there? Yeah. How many times has he invited Chilton or orchestrated it so that Chilton ends up in it because he knows Chilton is stupid enough and arrogant enough? So Chilton, Chilton's like the stupid sociopath, which is much more common, mm-hmm. where you are so arrogant that you trip yourself up, you know? And he's he knows that he's going to mess up at some point because he thinks he's untouchable and so just just waits, you know? I felt sorry for Clarice when she she gave that gave offer to Hannibal and it was ended up being a false one. Mm. And that, that I was loved just how like, disappointed Hannibal was yeah. though because he was like, "You're better than this," you know. <laughs> he was like, "Don't let me down because I think you're better than this." And I love that. Like, Anthrax Island. Yeah, he was like, "I know you're full of it." Whose idea was that? Because it wasn't yours. Yeah. You know, and I love that where he's like, "You're not stupid enough to do that. Don't do what the stupid people tell you to do." Yeah. Uh, small screen score, guys. Did you give a score? So I, I gave a four. I thought you gave it 4.9. Four. Oh, no, 4.9 4. 4. for Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Repeat for, the, for four, because I, th- I need yeah. to watch it again, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be, uh, I'm not going to watch it twice in a year. Oh, you're, you're missing out, but that's Stop. okay. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, <laughs> you're the contrarian. Back to the Future, I've watched thrice this year. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Is that your number one? You've most watched, rewatched movie? It, I think it's up, It's definitely up there. Yeah. And it's my, it's my benchmark for recommendability, so... 
It's the, my favorite movie of all yeah. time. Is this your most rewatched? This and probably Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, really? Yeah. This is in place. What's your number one? It's probably Fight Club. Actually, maybe it's really? 60, yeah, probably. I went through a period where I watched it a lot, but like over time, maybe something more like, I don't know, Terminator 2. I, I watched T2 this weekend, actually. Oh, nice. Yes, that's on now on Now TV and Sky. Actually, to be fair, if we take like what I watched a lot as a kid, I was a, I don't know why, obsessive fan with old musicals. Mm. Oh, nice. So I rewatch. like I have seen Sound of Music more times than anything. So like stick on a musical, I'm, I'm happy. Well, whack on um, Singing in Rain. I love it. I, I don't, I've only seen it once. And I we was, saw like, that on the big screen. Saw it on the big screen. Nice. For the BFI musical thing. Well, let's yeah. go to the small screen score as um, a nice segue. So I, the thing is, I, I gave it uh, a high score. I gave it four out of five because I think it works brilliantly on a small screen. Mm. But I dropped one because, God, I want to see it on a big screen. I want to see those long stares, you know? Yeah. I think I think it works I think it works wonderfully on a small screen um, because the dialogue is so good. You know, I think I think it has such a good balance of both. I don't think you but I don't think like i'm I'm talking like a television. I think it would be really unfortunate on like, like anything smaller than that. And then, yeah, it would have to, it would drop massively. You know, I don't think you can watch it on anything smaller than a nowadays television. Otherwise it would just be, you'd lose a lot. You'd lose a lot of the quality, really. Andrew. So the first time I saw the movie was definitely a VHS yeah. on like a 19 inch screen TV. And so, that, was, that was huge in those days. Yeah, that was massive. My God. Um, and I got to say that um, a, a tiny bit, gets lost when you go down that small but the dial again the dialogue is so good the pacing is so good the acting is so good i still give it a four out of five on the small screen mm. i just feel like you do want to you want to see it on a big screen but if you see it on a small screen you are still going to enjoy the ride just like the thing about on in the big screen because uh, I've seen it in the big screen, like the that tete a tete is is elevated. It's an elevated experience. Yes. So it's t- if you can find if the Prince Charles or the BFI or whoever, if your local picture house, I don't care what it is, is doing a Silence of the Lambs screening, do it. It's worth your ten to thirty quid. I mean, I can't wait for that. I haven't seen ten it on to the big thirty screen. quid. <laughs> 40, isn't it? With the Odeon... The Odeon Deluxe? One. I tell you what, that's not worth it. No, no <laughs> 40 it's quid. not. It's not. We, we, we saw two oh. movies there oh. for yeah. London Film Festival. Nah. They're 25 quid tickets. Yeah, it wasn't rubbish. worth the 25 quid. I, I hate that screen. I hated that screen Awful. before. I hate when it you're, now. When you're up the top, you can't see anything. Oh, right. Oh the, when you're up in the balcony, there's yeah. less leg room than... there's. This, it's, it's like being in the Prince Charles, but you're paying like, like stupid price. Three like 10 times as much. It's not yeah. worth it. Helen, what's your small screen score? Uh, I'm also going to go for a four. Um, I have only ever seen it on um, your your standard TV. Uh, and Sorry, did you say four, Andrew? Yeah. 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 Uh, again, yeah, I'd like to see it at the cinema, um, but if you've only ever seen it on TV, I don't I don't think you're maybe you missing out that much. Um, I had a quick look at the cinematographer, uh, Tak Fujimoto. He seems a bit more, a bit, bit of a workman type, um, not a, not a, Wow. Flary, great work in the Sixth Sense. Not a Flary cinematographer. He's not your. He's not your um, Deakins, Roger Deakins, in terms of. But he seems to do things that, like they say, Sixth Sense, which is just shot well. Yeah. 
It's just shot really well. I was surprised. Devil in a Blue Dress is also shot really well. I'm sure he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and he, <gasps> so so he works yeah. with. So I'm, I'm quite surprised. So he's just a not a workhorse type, but he's like he just he knows how to how to how to lay a shot up, and I think he he's, knows how he's to good work. At what he does, yeah. he's consistent. We did the pilot of MacGyver. <laughs> he's done some weird stuff too that I've not heard of. Uh, I mean, uh, there's not. I mean, if I'm looking at uh, Philadelphia, has some some solid composition as mm. well. I think that uh, yeah no I, if if I saw this guy if this was the only credit you showed me for a movie that this guy was before I watch it yeah I would go in like okay I I know it's gonna look fine yeah exactly you know? yeah yeah uh, and that kind of ties it I think I think I'm time with you guys in terms of small screen score of like four yeah four I would like to see in the big screen I think it would be really cool to see in the big yeah. screen I I probably would if I get my newsletter for the Prince Charles Cinema tomorrow and and it's there. Yeah. I uh, think, yeah, fuck it. Let's go down and see it. Yeah. I think it'll be good to see it with the crowd as well, especially hopefully with people, someone who hasn't seen it because there's some reveals in there which are stone yeah. cold classics. And yeah. I think which are fantastic. Um, engagement yeah. score. Mm. Oh, five out of five. Like, I'm not turning it off. Like, mm. once it's on, it's not going off. Like, I, I don't really understand how you could turn this film off. Sure. You know, that to me, it just, it's captivating. You know, it's absolutely captivating. And it's it's so well paced with the different kind of fast, slow and things that, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be turning it off anytime soon. Andrew? I think it's going to be a high score because this is a hard one to turn off mm. for sure. Um, but I think... When I was watching it, I did check Pokemon Go at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I told you off. Yeah, so I... I, Good. I Good. I was like, what are you doing right now? I gotta now? go four and a half. All right. Helen? Uh, I, I, I think this is a five. It's a five for me. Um, you, you have to pay attention to it. And there's just so much going on um, that if you don't, then you're going to be like... Why is he? Why is it even called Silence of the Lambs? There's just so many things that are happening in it, and I, I agree with the, you, Frank. The pacing is great. It never it never sags, and it's just the momentum keeps on going at the right pace. Yeah, I'm going to go for five as well. Um, once you start watching it, you're you're in it, and you're not checking Pokemon Go. Not checking Pokemon Go, and I just like I said, I've only seen it a couple of times, but I just remember thinking like, oh, there's something. I can't quite, okay, oh, nice. And then the next thing is like, okay, something's going to happen, good. And there's all those kind of things that just get them driving you on. And I think, yeah, I think once, I'm not, I'm not going to watch it often, but when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be mm. sucked into this into this world. Mm. Um, I, think, I think probably I've seen it so many times. Nope, that's no excuse, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Pokemon can wait. So, There'll yeah, always mate. be more. <laughs> so yeah, that gives mate. us an overall score of... Da -da -da -da. 4.68125, which is Ooh, that's up there. really high. So what I've done is gone to our website, flickswatch.tv forward slash scoreboard. high. To, oh, I love it. To check out how it compares with the highest. And that Ooh. puts it in fourth place. Hey, well yes. How is When Harry Met Sally at the top? That's a good movie. Because you can't, you can't knock it. It's hard to knock. Oh, I haven't it's, seen you know what, all the boys you know I've before. But when Harry Met Sally's big advantage against mm -hmm. Science of the Lambs is that it plays well on a small screen. Yep, this it is plays it. Ju yeah. almost exactly as well. Not quite, but just pretty much. This is how our this is how our, how our scoring system works. So we've had yeah. some films which are great, um, which just on the big screen 
would be better. Yeah. So that's what yeah. Has anyone seen yeah. what we do in the shadows in oh, it's so, theaters? No. no. <laughs> I saw that in the cinema. I mean, that is an amazing Daniel. film. Uh, I'm going to go and watch To All the Boys I've Loved Before now because I saw that on Netflix mm. and I'm denied about it for ages. I've never heard of it. Um, and it didn't have great reviews, but now I'm seeing this and I'm like, well, maybe it's just, I need the, it's to just an it. easy watch. It's I just love an, an easy watch. It's a, an easy Netflix watch. Yeah, is the is the thing with lots of heart. Oh, I like that. So, um, so it's a head as much as I'm a big seven. fan of cannibalism. That feels seven. Great. Seven small screen score. Seven. Yeah. Seven looks great. Seven you want to see on a big screen. Yeah, seven you definitely want to see on a big screen. Yeah. I also think. Yeah, you've got the same thing. So does Sorry, that, now I'm like wrapped into... What, what is it, number number four? four. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, I'm happy with what that. What we do Anima. in the shed... It's a, it's a short, it's a it's a Tom York short, which is like 15 minutes long. Uh, okay. Oh, that, that kind of... Uh, we're <gasps> not out. sure if that counts properly. I, well, it was, it's, we, we talked about it, so I think it's fine. Uh, we'll go to Twitter... Uh, we had a couple of reviews uh, from from our Twitter listeners, and we before we record, we asked them to review the film. Say, in this case, we're reviewing Silence of the Lambs with Trans RMN and Podcast Squared. Have you seen it? it tells your thoughts for the on air shout out. And we had a couple of comments. Um, Frank, do you want to take the first one? I love this one. I've actually read this one, but um, <laughs> from uh, at Top Film Tip, mm-hmm. uh, the review the. Uh, Synopsis is jailed for his revolutionary recipes. Maverick chef must mastermind his escape. Delicious prison-breaking psychological thriller. Uh, exceptionally unsettling and deftly executed masterwork of cin- cinema. Never bettered before or since. I love it. I also like the really uh, unsettling emojis of uh, five butterflies and five water droplets, which is uncomfortable. Is it, I assume is, that's to reference the... Or is it a lotion? Well, who knows? Or it could the be either. Bodies in the river. It or could be a lot of things. Yeah. It could be Migs. It could be Migs. Oh, oh. Andrew. <laughs> That's what that emoji means. Yes, but oh. we were all not saying it. Andrew, do you want to say the next one? Sure, sure, sure. Do I say the name? Yep. At Gidget Von LaRue. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. Um, when Clarice first meets Hannibal, is scared. Oh, it scared the living shit out of me. Then again, with the last scene in the dark. I'll never forget it. An amazing movie. Skipping ahead. Have to go ten out of ten, for some reason. Even though it's a five point scale, <laughs> I'm um, fine with that. I really ten out of five is ten out of five is also acceptable. Uh, guys, can you sign off by telling us where we can find you online? Uh, so yeah, as you just said, I am at trans rmn so t-r-a-n-s-m-a-n on both twitter and instagram. Uh, go follow me there for my opinions on things and also cool t-shirts. <laughs> Cool t-shirts. Yeah, we have a lot of cool t-shirts from. I, I there's a lot of really, really brilliant artists uh, on Instagram that I follow. That is the purpose of Instagram. Uh, you can find all my social meds and all the research that I'm doing at andrewdjohnstone.com. That's J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-E.com. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. enjoyed this episode of flicks watcher podcast why not leave us a five-star review on itunes you can also follow us at flicks watcher pod on twitter and we're at flicks watcher on instagram thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty mighty tunes and ben from rockwood audio for his awesome editing skills if you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this get in touch with ben and that's rockwood r-o-k-k wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you
You just heard a stripped media production.